Hey, what's up, Michelle Missionaries? Welcome to Star Trek Discovery. Vince and Lynn talk about Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> That's catchy. <laughs> Look at them over there talk about Star Trek Discovery with Vince and Lynn. Or Lynn and Vince. We'll let the lawyers figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> lawyers? Oh, no, no, no. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Oh. Um, we'll touch on that on the main show. Okay. Uh, but on this show, we are reviewing CBS All Accesses. Yes. Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Um, and we are specifically reviewing the last two episodes, uh, episode four and five. And just so that we can kind of like freely talk about the shows and not have to like stick hardcore to like timelines and anything like that. I'll read the the uh, show titles and the and the little breakdown uh, from Wikipedia for each episode. And that way we can go free form into the talking about the show. Uh, episode four was the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. This was directed by Ulatunde Osusami, uh, written by Jesse Alexander and Aaron Eli Colletier, and originally hit CBS All Access October 8th, 2017. Uh, Captain Lorca assigns Burnham to study the creature from the Glen, dubbed a tardigrade. A tardigrade. tardigrade. To find a way to use this biology as a weapon, Starfleet orders Discovery to the Dilithium mining colony Corvin 2, which is under Klingon attack. Uh, Starnitz is reluctant to make such a long jump, long jump using the spores, and when the drive is activated, the ship nearly collides with a star. Lorca sends Commander Landry to keep Burnham's research on track, and she attempts to sedate the tardigrade to cut off its claw. It kills her. <laughs> Burnham believes that the tardigrade was acting in self-defense and is drawn to the spores. Starnitz and Burnham transport it to engineering where it connects to the spore drive and interfaces with the navigation system. The ship successfully makes the jump to Corvin 2 and saves the colony. On Takuvma's stranded ship, Klingon leader Cole earns the loyalty of Takuvma's desperate followers and leaves Vox to die in the wreckage of the Shinzao. Lorel, secretly loyal to Vox, promises a way for them to win the war for the house of Tukuvma. This was followed on October 15th by the ep episode five, Choose Your Pain, directed by Lee Rose, featuring a story by Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts and Kim Powers with a teleplay by Kemp Powers. After a month of successful operations, Lorca is ordered to protect the spore drive until it can be replicated for other Starfleet ships. As he returns to Discovery, Lorca is taken captive by the Klingons. Burnham has grown concerned with the toll that the drive has taken on the Tardigrade. Along with Starnitz partner and medical officer Hugh Colbert, Burnham convinces Starnitz to find an alternative to run the drive. Lorca is kept with a captured Starfleet officer, Ash Tyler, and human criminal 
Harry Mudd. And in discussions, Lorca reveals that he killed his entire crew during the battle at the Binary Stars to spare them from the Klingons, but escaped himself. Lorca is tortured by Laurel, who wants to know the secret behind Discovery's new form of travel, but Lorca and Tyler escape before the Klingons can learn anything. For the final jump needed to escape the Klingons with Lorca and Tyler aboard, Starnis connects to the spore drive himself using the Tardigrade's DNA. Later, Starnis' reflection does not walk away from a mirror when Starnitz does. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So. So. What do you think? What do you... Where, 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 I mean, you know, I almost feel like we should have a separate part for for these reviews or for these discussions. We should do like an early kind of continuity porn okay. part before we get into it. You know, kind of the Easter eggs and the... Okay. Okay. Fine. And and you know anything you want to anything you saw anything you want to talk about anything jump out at you? Well, okay. Well, well, going back to the um, the butcher's knife cares not for the land. And and pride. I say that because I think at this point it's fair to say that a lot of this is going to be on some level fan service. Yes. So let's go ahead and get that part out the way. So go to, ahead. To letting people know that that's what's going to be coming. Right. 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 Well, going back to episode four, the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry and actually going back even further one of the things that i do appreciate in this uh iteration of star trek as opposed to the most recent iteration of star trek uh, on tv okay being enterprise as much as i kind of enjoyed enterprise is that enterprise i thought really leaned on very quickly trying to get you to be invested in the the cast okay and like all the individual members of the cast every every cast member had to have some moment in the show to kind of like show who they are what type of person they were okay you know despite the story at least that was my impression whereas this iteration of of uh, star trek discovery i think is smartly leaning more on the story Okay. And then allowing the story to be that window into the the characters, okay. because you you still don't know much about like the bridge and everything like sure, that, which sure. which I don't mind mm-hmm. because the lead in this in this uh, series is not a bridge crew member. Right, it, it's it's Burnham. She's not on the bridge, so you really shouldn't know the bridge that should be a very mysterious part to you right yet they still you still see the same people on the bridge um you still see where she where burnham is working in engineering the kind of like the same people manning the the different uh terminals and stuff like that um but you it doesn't waste time trying to introduce them and trying to introduce their little idiosyncrasies or anything like that it's just leaning hard on the story. Okay. And the story I find that while you a lot of people might quibble about Star Trek going back in time as opposed to going future in time. Right, right. They have found a way even with it being a prequel to bring in a newer form of science into it. This leaning on on, on science and then uh um biology as well and looking at the the whole uh physical makeup 
of the tardigrade. I just like that whole story. I like yeah, the whole mixing I, of I the mean, two. I mean, the ooh, look at that part. Like the ooh, they're talking about this part, which I think it, it's almost it, it's almost like a um, scavenger hunt it's become for old Star Trek people. You think? Well, like yes. I wanted to get that out of it. Like, like oh, so what, you wanted like, the fan service yeah, out of the way? Yeah, no, in this conversation. Okay. Like, like, so what did you see that you said? Oh, they're talking about that. Oh, well, I don't know if I saw a lot of that. Or at least not that I remember. In um, in episode four, episode five is filled with it because right, it's, right. it's Harry Mud. Right, right, right. You know, and I mean, and then the end, the end of it. The end of it is what you've always wanted, at least to me. Right. It's the way I read it. Right. It's the origin of the Mirror Mirror universe. Right, 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 right. And I actually loved that. Uh-huh. I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. It will only be more dope is allowing that the series doesn't last 10 seasons. They never go back to the Mirror Mirrors universe. Yeah. Like that, because that was just enough to let you know, like, that's the Mirror Mirror universe. Yeah. And then I don't need to know anything else. Well, they're doing an episode, though. Well, I know. Yeah, so. You I, was, know, I was hoping they'll, that they will be, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to spoil that, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, again, they all the pieces are there. Like, you know. I know, you know but, right. but, I'm, but I would be so happy if they didn't. Like, you don't need to know. Well, you know, I have to say. I have been pleasantly surprised so far Mm -hmm. with how sort of um, lightly they've leaned on stuff. Like, if you know things, it's like, oh, okay. But, but, you know, like, for instance, I've already set myself up that, you know, when I watch the episodes, I refuse to have, like, like my computer or anything near me and look up stuff. Oh, to be looking in. Because the Star Trek rabbit hole is one that is actually endless like i think star trek is more of a nerd time suck it is than any other type of nerd what's the star trek wikipedia was a memory alpha yeah yeah yeah. right right. yeah i don't even like like i try not to go there because that's that's an hour easily for me Mm -hmm. but so you know like i saw when when um when he had the the list of captains Oh, oh okay, yes, cap- yes. And I just off the top of my head, I wanted to know him, but I never looked him up. But, you know, so I saw, I think, Robert April, who was the first Enterprise captain. Yes. You know, obviously. No. Archer is the first Enterprise captain. And Archer was on that list. And Archer was on the list. I yes. thought it was someone else who was a captain that I, I recognize as well. Pike was on the list. Pike was on the list. Which I thought was weird because Pike is the captain of the Enterprise at this moment. So he's already that decorated? He, he can be that decorated. He can be okay. that decorated, yeah. All right. Because we got to remember, while he's in... He, well, I don't know. Right, I don't know if he's a captain. I don't of think the he's Enterprise. The, I don't know if yet. he's the Enterprise captain at that because this moment. is ten years before. Yeah, before the the so this the original series. Before, the original series starts in their third year, which means that Kirk had been captain for three years, and we know Pike was it was the captain before Kirk, and we don't know, but we, and we don't know how long how he was long on. he was captain. So if he's not the captain of the Enterprise, he's He's about to be the captain, right? Which and is maybe why they gave, made him gave captain him, uh, because the he Enterprise. was so well decorated. And then a nice little cut: Decker was on there, which is Commander Decker's father from Star Trek the movie. Oh, see, I I saw I saw Decker, and I, it, it, that didn't re- right. register right. with me because remember his dad was supposed to be a big deal. 
Okay. So that was Decker. Okay. I peeped, I peeped. Now, this is not maybe not necessarily fan service, but one thing in thinking, um, listening to, and this is going to episode uh, five, when Lorca is telling his story about how he killed his crew. Yes. Rather than have them. That's pretty hardcore. That is pretty hardcore gotta, considering we, you didn't kill yourself. We got to talk about Lorca. But yeah. go ahead. But but I I wondered if Lorca's name had ever in the original series or in the original series cast movie, right? His name had ever been mentioned by Kirk, because we know that Kirk has a deep seated uh, hate for the Klingons. Yes, and I wondered how how much Lorca may have, if at all, right. played a part in sowing that hate. Right, right. And you wonder where Kirk is right now during the war. Right. Like, I know he's in Starfleet, but, like, what's he doing exactly? Do we know he's in Starfleet? It's still, this is 10 years. He doesn't necessarily have to have been in Starfleet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He might not even be in Starfleet yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing in um in the fifth one where Stamets kind of floats altering his DNA to uh to get the oh yeah yeah yes yes and everybody in the room goes no you can't do that no you you know it's like I love that very kind of vague reference to the eugenics war in Khan wow like that's Khan stuff like anytime humans talk about altering their DNA in Star Trek and everybody's like oh no it's like your brakes right right you know you can't talk about Khan so. And then, of course, the Harry Mud thing. I actually like Mud. I'm a Mud dude. Are you a Mud dude? I don't mind Mud. I like Mud. He's one of the few non-Starfleet characters in Star Trek. Yes. Which always kind of bothered me. Like, when we see this vision of the future, all we see are Starfleet people. As far as from humans. Point as far as from I mean, really not. Right, 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 right. You know, they go to planets that aren't in the Federation. Yeah. Or it's just like Federation people, and then, you know, once a year, the Vulcans will show up. Right. But, you know, it's usually just Starfleet, and everything's all perfect and, and nicely pressed. Mm. So I always liked Mud. And Mud talking about how much he loved his wife is hilarious, because, you know, his last appearance, they have the androids yeah. that are his all nagging his, wife. All and, of his nagging so. wife. I, um, I actually, like I say, I, you know, Mud doesn't, doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I like this iteration of Mud. I thought it was too dark. I like that. I don't, yeah, I don't like, yeah, I thought that was, I mean, well, I mean let's just talk One, about it. One, because they played against type. Well, you're, I, yeah. Because you're expecting Mud, it, just because of, you know, how you've been introduced to Mud, right. and we've come to know Mud, you're expecting Mud going to be there, it's going to be loose and, and light and com- comedic. Yeah. I liked, I liked that that iteration of him this is this is a younger mud he's um he is certainly seedy like yeah. like mud was seedy but you never really got into it because it was always loose and whatever right. you, you felt like he wasn't harmful yeah i don't like mud who ends up hating the federation because the federation captain left me to be tortured by space um terrorist well that mud had it coming Yes, but Starfleet, you're supposed to be above that. Well, and this is where we get and this, to Lorca. And this is where we get to Lorca. And 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 I don't I, I don't know I, I don't know about this Lorca in oh, Star Trek. I do. I don't you, I like him. 
<laughs> See, here's 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 my fear. Here's my fear. I think Star Trek is always going to be Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I think you have these characters and in it it's actually kind of appropriate that this was the most star fleety that the ship that the discovery acted this episode mm-hmm. because he wasn't on the ship. Yeah. I don't want anyone to sacrifice themselves so that he learns a lesson. And then he changes his ways. And then Lorca changes. And then Lorca changes his way. What I'm hoping is that people figure out that Lorca is a bad fit, that he is actually an Ahab character Mm -hmm. in the third season. He's not on the ship anymore. And either, um, I just forgot Doug Jones's character's name. Saru. Saru. Either Saru becomes the captain or um, Burnham becomes the captain. Well, Burnham becomes the captain, I'm calling foul. Like, Burnham should never raise to the level of being captain. Okay. Like, maybe she gets a strike back. Maybe, yeah. But it kind of bothers end- me her running around without her little... See, but I like that okay. because because it's a constant reminder that no matter how free feeling she may seem around there and kind of part of the crew, she ain't Starfleet. She she so so you would rather her never be in Starfleet again? She yeah, she committed mutiny. Wow, you real hardcore. That's not dude, there's there's very few in 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 the in the ranks of the military, there's very few things you can do the thing. bigger than mutiny, Technically, man. Kirk committed mutiny like four or five times a season. Like Kirk is always ignoring commands. There's one thing okay. All right. First of all, if you're a captain, you can't create uh commit mutiny on yourself. So he was not you committing can commit mutiny. mutiny against Starfleet, but that's I don't I I don't think that's not I don't think that would be considered mutiny. I think that would only be considered <sighs> mutiny if like someone from Starfleet comes and takes over command. If as long as you're in command of that ship, you uh, I don't I don't think you disobeying an order. I don't think necessarily can be considered mutiny. Mutiny. Okay. I mean, I don't know, but it seems it seems like you know she ignored a command. She took. Matters into her but own it's not, hand. But, it, but she, you know, you got to remember, she did not just ignore a command. Yeah, she, she actually took over the ship. She knocked out her captain. She did knock out the captain. That's, I mean, this, this it's mutiny. All right, all right. She basically said, "I'm taking over all your right. ship." No, you don't know what you're talking it about. Seemed like a very Kirk move to me. Uh, no, no, no. Lorca leaving mud is a Kirk move. I don't think Kirk would have left mud. I think Kirk would have I don't left think mud. Kirk would have left mud in there to be tortured to death. When Lorca says no one survives seven months of Klingon torture, that told me everything I needed to know about Klingon torture. Right. There's no way Kirk would have left somebody like that. Mm. Not Kirk. Mm. I don't know. I think Kirk would have. Mm. I think you Kirk would have. You're going to have to show me precedent for that. I think Kirk would have. Especially, especially once he finds out that that dude was conspiring against them, right. feeding information to the Klingons, right. and, and, and not only that, had been feeding Starfleet people to the Klingons to have them, you know, basically right. choose your pain. Yeah. Which, let me just say, as a concept, the choose your pain thing, I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. I don't know why, but something about that was like, 
that's pretty dope. Well, I think we've established that the Klingons are honor, honor, honor above all things. Yes. And, and they feel like what separates them from Starf. First of all, they feel one of the things that I really like about this exploration of the Klingons is that they think the Federation are hypocrites mm-hmm. so that you know all of this we come in peace like like i love that the first lie they tell is we come in peace right so we're honor 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 we're better than the federation and we're going to show it because every time we go in there we will give them the opportunity to take one for the team and they never will because they're not klingons right which leads to something that was very disappointing to me this whole thing with uh Voke being from this house of deception and it's headed by women. They talked about this more in the third episode than the fourth episode. Right. I didn't like that. I don't like a Klingon house dedicated to deception. That seems very non-Klingon y to me. See what but, but, uh, but And then why does it have to be the women? Like why does it have to have matriarchs? And be a female-headed house. See, but I think that what will play out is that that is all about perception, and that it was not. It's not actually, you know. Deception. I'm sorry, Laurel. Laurel says she's from the house. Right. I I think that that's I think that that's perception. I think she's she's playing it forward, you know. But I don't I. Don't think that's the actual true story. I think it's just a story that's being she's allowing to propagate for whatever reason. Well, now she's lying. Then I don't like lying Klingons. I certainly don't like the only female Klingon to be the one who lies and manipulates. Well, she but but she lied in order to save. No, 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 I understand why she did, but I think one of the more refreshing aspects of the Klingons. Is they've been very kind of egalitarian, like you know the women are warriors and everybody fights, and you know they always had like that. Uh, I believe the the phrase is is breast hole mm-hmm. in the f- female Klingon shirts. Mm-hmm. But besides that, you know, you can hold a batleth. Yeah, see, but thing. see, my my me, I actually like that they don't have that. At least not that we've seen with the window. With the window. Well, yeah, the, the window. window. The window is problematic. But again, they were warriors. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the women aren't sitting in the back in the kitchen lying and making up stories. Okay, yes, but yes, the women are warriors as well. But the women are, I think, are shown to be a little bit more cunning. I mean, you might call it lying. Some people might call it like you know, just doing what you got to do to get out of the situation. Right. You know, doing what you got to do to save uh someone so that you can fight the bigger ba- right. uh, live on to fight on another day and fight the bigger battle right you, so you know it maybe it is lying but maybe it's just this the, the feminine wiles that th- they're choosing to use yeah. as opposed to the the guys who are just like rah, 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 rah. i don't like it but all right i like it how about other stuff i didn't mind it o- other stuff how you digging it I really do like the show. Yeah, it's growing. It's growing on me. Yeah, there's 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 always still a nagging part of me. I feel like I feel like Saru's of uh, uh, Lalanges yeah. might be popping out of the back of my head sometimes because there's a, always a part of me that wonders. Hmm, I wonder if Brian Fuller would have gone this route with right. the story, right? Only because you know I am such a fan right. You're of a Brian his. Fuller fan. Um, and um. To some degree, I feel the 
the the show following some tra- more traditional story beats. Absolutely. Um, and so I wonder whether or not Brian Fuller would have been, you know, his storytelling usually uh, goes against that those grains. Right. So I wonder how much he might have brought to it. That being said, I'm enjoying the cast. I love Doug Jones as Saru. I love the car- the the actor that plays Starnets. I love Lorca. I I you know I've been singing the praises of Sonequa Martin Green since Walking Dead. Right, right. So I'm I'm loving Burnham. I love her roommate. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Uh, the, the character's name. Uh, I I love that. I loved her not wanting to open up the package that she yeah. got from her captain. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually uh, open it, opening it up. I love that she then that plays forward in episode five yeah. with her wanting to give that to Saru to Saru because I loved Saru's story to her. Yeah, it was very. It was very. It was. It complicates them. It does. Yeah, it yeah. really does, man. And it, it and you felt it. Yeah. You felt it from you. You actually, as he was saying that, you were like, yeah, I, I was getting that from episode one. Right. That there was a little bit of you know envy right there um and just kind of like trying to bide your time i was about to say but playing your position yeah, playing like, your like position. he didn't want to replace burnham he exactly. wanted burnham you know you go ahead and get your shit yeah get, right. and, and then that being kind of like stolen from him right you right. know so and and i i felt that and i also felt for i felt for him once he does get this command for this moment and you know him like there's an element on on this ship that is making me doubt myself. Right. I cannot doubt myself. And I I also love that he was like some when he was in command, he was like like uh, I'm not talking to you. Get that tardigrade ready. Yes. Cuz we need to do what we got to do. That's right. You know, I I loved every I loved everything about it. It was yeah. it, it I really am enjoying this this show. Uh we've got F bombs and gay couples. There's F bombs in Star Trek. How you feel about let's let's do the, the dumb thing first. How you feel about the F bombs? I didn't mind the F bomb because it was a human. I would have felt some type of way if it was an alien. Okay. But I like the F bomb. It's nice to know that the F bomb is still alive and and true in the 20 third century all right and we assumed well i think it, it sort of they, they sort of hinted at it that the chief medical officer uh dr colbert and stamets are a couple they did more than hint at it well i mean before this episode okay when they were in the scene together there was a chemistry between them but then this episode i had seen sort of well not sort of like well, they're at the sink. They're very domestic. They're at the sink, brushing their teeth together, getting ready for bed. And I like that because that's just a little. That alone, yeah. See, people don't do. People don't. I think some people, especially in Hollywood, don't realize as much as there's an intimacy of holding hands and skin touching. It's sometimes even just that much more intimate sharing the mirror. Yeah. Brushing your teeth. Cause, Absolutely. Because nobody looks good brushing their teeth. Right. So if you. And spitting in the same sink as somebody is pretty damn intimate. Exactly. So if you could do that, that's love, baby. I liked it too. I really I did. that a lot. That, that was yeah. really cool, man. I like that it was a lot. pretty dope, man. And it's, it's very interesting that it's a mixed couple. Uh, how about that? Like there was so much press about it being uh, you know openly gay characters that no one ever said and it's an interracial couple yeah i dug that man yeah yeah i mean you know it's star trek that's what star trek's supposed to do there is a part though 
than a me. Just wondering, just thinking out loud, knowing how the internet can get. Yes. And if this, as it appears to be, is the origin of the Mirror Mirror Universe. Yes. And everything that that implies with the Mirror Mirror Universe. Yes. Is there going to be somebody out there that's got a problem with, oh, why does the gay character have to be the creator of the Mirror Mirror Universe? I mean, I'm sure it is. I mean, sure. I... Sure. I don't know. You know, I guess maybe that's looking for trouble. But no, that, no, no, that, no, no, no. That, that I mean, crossed you know. my head. Yeah. You we'll know? have to see how it plays out. I have to see how. Yeah, but, we, we will have to see But, you know, I also think that if they continue to have them be <gasps> human, mm. they'll just be part of, you know, like, like one of the things that kind of bothers me, and then they switch back to Discovery, and I see how multiracial Discovery is from the, so. the bottom to the top. Some of the Klingons do have these kind of flared nostrils mm-hmm. that kind of get me on edge mm-hmm. so that if all of the humans or even most of the humans were depicted as white, I would have a real kind of like that's sort of my traditional problem with science fiction. And certainly Star Trek has been guilty of it over the years that they other people of other races. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm kind of holding my fire, which also... Comes in my last little Easter egg. Did you notice one of the um, one of the Starfleet admiral admirals was a black Vulcan? Yes, Rocket that was another, That was another time I didn't go on the internet because when I was growing up, I was taught that Spock was the first Vulcan in Starfleet, mm. and then T'Pol in Enterprise was a retcon. But I know, look, I knew looking up first Vulcan in Starfleet. <laughs> Was two hours, just two hours gone. So I didn't even do it. But I did notice. I said, "Hey, it's a Vulcan, and he's an admiral. He must have been in Starfleet." I don't really have anything to add besides that. Just that I noticed that he was a, and he was a brother. Yeah. So it was like that dude and Tuvok, <laughs> the two black Vulcans. Pretty dope. Not to be confused with Black Vulcan on the Super Friends. No. Who they made to not pay Tony Isabella any royalties. Any royalties for Black Lightning. Yes. Hey, like that. How was that for Black Nerd? That seems like that was real. Like that was like Well done. Like I feel like I should have won some type of blurred trophy for that. Well, I'll give you one from my loot crate box okay. before you leave. So it's like Black Vulcan, Black Vulcans, Black Lightning. You done? <laughs> um Static Shock. Sorry. I <laughs> I find myself looking at the at the Klingons, and especially considering that this is only ten years before TOS. Yes, I find myself looking at them. That would be like, the original series, folks. Trying to figure, okay, how are they going to mutate in ten years to looking like dusty people? Don't ask. I called them space Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Yeah, look, look like the space jets. Right, right. I was about to say they have the same makeup <laughs> from West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. Because like, like I could. Because to be clear, space Puerto Ricans are white people dressed up as right, and right. you know, red face or brown face. I see them morphing, not in ten years, right? But I see them over the years, right, right, becoming 
Worf. Right. You're trying to figure out what's realistic for the evolution of an imaginary alien race. Is that what you're doing right now? Well, we know that we know from Enterprise that it was a disease. Yes. Well, so maybe that's the disease. Is this the disease in all of the, is this the disease running through the Klingons? It's sure. obviously a fast running disease. Yes. Uh, it's, I just find that interesting. Well, you know, it's all made up, so. <laughs> I know. Just go with it. <laughs> so we're enjoying the show. I, you know what? I think I am. I think we're enjoying I it. I think we're enjoying the show. I, I really do. I think we do. Let us know what you're thinking, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be back in a couple of episodes Yeah, with more. With more. Star Trek Discovery. Hit us up on Mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Mission. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join the Facebook group, The Michelle Mission. And uh, we'll, we still haven't come up with a name. You still haven't come up with we a name. We still haven't come up with Look a name. Look at them guys talking about Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>